Kiorana and Yaorana. My name is Marie Simeon Turia. I am Cook Island and Tahitian. Um, the Isles of Cook Island, I am Rarotongan, Aitutaki, Dengapatoru Isles, and Maniki. And in Tahiti, for so far I know of, as I am from Pirat, my family's from Pirat, and my grandpa's from Raiatea, which is where all the Māoris left from in Tahiti and came through Tararo, and that's where my grandpa, my great-grandpa's from. So, that's where I'm from. I identify as gender-fluid, gender-verse, I don't really fit, or, you know, sit well in either. So, yeah, that's me. I work in Australia's biggest adult chain. Um, what else? What else? Oh, yeah. And that's it. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks, Maurice. Um, and it's interesting that you say that because um, I'm glad that you're just really straight up and say, look, I'm gender diverse, gender fluid, because when it, sometimes it's really hard for us who sort of come from the different cultural backgrounds, come to Australia, and then there's all these different letters and different identities, and we're like, how do we fit into that and which one should I belong to? Because that's not normally something that's really around or that we... We, or at least, especially not around when we're sort of growing up. That's not something I was out there. It's not a common term, and and not like as you said, not a common term in the Cook Islands. Yeah, identifies that. And so sometimes, even myself, like sometimes I'm like, um, maybe I'm non-binary because that's the closest, like in the in the, in the middle, like. Um, you know, we're okay if someone calls us bro or sis, it doesn't matter, like, um, you know. But that's an interesting thing and really something to have a chat about. So tell us a little bit about your journey. So you did you grow up in the Philippines? Or, I mean the Philippines. Did you grow up in the Cook Islands um, and move over to Australia? Like, what's that journey been like, um, you moving around? Okay. So I'm actually from, I was actually born in Tokoroa, so... I'm second gen, second generation New Zealander. My dad's a first generation Cook Islander, and I'm from a town called Tukuroa. This town in New Zealand they call it the Cook Islands 16th star. So we're 15 stars in the Cook Islands, and the 16th star is Tukuroa. So my journeys come from from my my nana and granddad were pioneers of Tukuroa. They've got a They've got a Queen's Medal from, they got the Queen's Medal, Service Medal. My granddad got that for being um, the first pioneers, Cook Islanders of Tokoroa. So I'm from that family. And my journey as being who I am or being who I am or just coming to Australia. Oh, uh, yeah, so I was forced here. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I was taken out of school. I was taking it out of school, Tukuro High School, and I had to leave all my friends so my nana and granddad could make it on time for a birthday. <laughs> this is my last day of my life, uh, my living life in a town, you know, the schools that I love, my friends that I love, just so my nana and granddad can make it on the top table in Auckland. So um, then I was forced here, and I really did not like Australia for a while, like a long time, because... I never had people that identified as strong cultural people where Tokoro is a town full of strong culture, Cook Island culture, and I just felt like I was going backwards here. So I really, I really did not like in Australia for a very long time. Um, Australians did not get like feminine islanders. I felt coming here in such a, such a young age that people always stereotyped me as one for warriors. 
they didn't know anything about the Cook Islands, they just stereotyped me as once we warriors and being like feminine and island. It was just like a big shock all the time and like you sort of get over it. So that is when I was coming into high school here. Um, did factory work like every other islander. I didn't finish school though. So shit, we gotta go into work. So I did factory work and my journey here has been a good journey because I've actually come out here where I knew that I couldn't comfortably come out as I was in of my really boy boy kind of cousin background town in Tokoro. Yeah. And thanks for sharing that, Marie. So, I mean, look, I mean, that's the thing. Huh? It's a big adjustment sometimes when you're moving from um, something that you're familiar with and, you know, where you feel free and yourself and everything like that. Um, and then coming into Australia where for a lot of communities, um, especially sort of Cook Islanders, it's sort of newer than some of the other islanders that have been here for a while, it, um, you know, and uh, but... There's been so much established things now, you know, uh, um, that we've sort of been able to see. But you're right, there's still some things to, you know, uh, still a long way to go with um, with the communities. And, and, and there are a lot of great people who are doing some stuff around that. Um, I wanted to have a chat to you. Um, what's it like? You How do you navigate your own community here in Melbourne? Like, what's it like? What are some of the things, you know, that celebrate the culture or some things that you get involved with? And how are people with you? Like, how do you find the response to this amazing Maurice? Um, when I first came here, I was, like, part of, like, a dancing group and, like, a church dancing group, stuff like that. But now as an adult, I haven't grown out of it. Just that you've had a lot of different upcoming people that have come back from that have come from New Zealand and the Cook Islands and usually just you you just you tend to let them go so when people come here from the Cook Islands and they are cultural and they're known you just tend to naturally let that flow happen and take place so yeah I never tried but I've got a name for like island socials and stuff like everybody knows me at those kind of things yeah, and because yeah, yeah, I can't sit down and like I tell the band what to play and I tell the band to play faster. You know, when the drummers see me, you know, they play faster when they see me. Yeah, so community wise, I'm currently not doing anything with them, but when I show up to something of that party scene, which is a lot of culture, yeah, you can't sit me down. Yeah, well, that's yeah, I'm not, but I'm not really yeah, currently doing anything cultural. I mean, and and that's really fun because I can tell. Because just for everybody, when I first met uh, Maurice, I just thought that Maurice was this huge ball of energy, like, and really a loud, you know, speaker. Um, and I was like, wow, what a huge volume this person's coming through the room. So you've got a huge energy. Um, what is it like? Have you faced any sort of negative things um, since you've been here and being yourself or anything like that? Or or, or not? Have you just faced, um, you know, has the reception of, of who you are and your identity been something to celebrate? Because we'd like to hear both, like, whichever way it is. I've actually never faced anything negative. The only negative thing that that I ever went through was me... Um, trying to live it to my dad, not anybody else to me. Like, trying to live it to my dad and carrying my name, my dad's name, you know. People in the community will, like, look at you, you know. You always think for your dad, which, like, it kills you, it's stressful. 
but I've never seen anything negative. Oh, probably have. Like, there's like the little murmurs and stuff. You know, obviously, you're gonna get that stuff, but nothing to make me react. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. There's nothing that stands out like something bad or being rare or anything, because you know, as you know, us rares have mouths. So yeah, and that's something that you know people know of me like as my mouth. So oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> and, and that's cool. It's a really, really. If you ever get the opportunity to meet um, meet Marie, she's one of the most loving people. Just come and say hello to her. She'll warmly embrace you out there. Um, now we were talking about that. How are you finding? I mean, I guess within the community is the one thing. What's it like for you at work? What's that sort of aspect, and, and just in general public here in Australia? Um, what's your sort of takeaway from that and um, awesome things to sort of share um, about that experience? I'm actually lucky to work in the adult industry because the adult industry is everything, especially us. Like, we are so normalised in the adult industry. So my work placement, if you're a customer that's coming in, you are not expecting anything but or less so I'm lucky but before having my job that I have now it was really hard to be there and knowing how you would fit in an office how would you dress to that attire knowing who you were after five o'clock but when 5 p.m came you know you could be who you were like I don't know that was sort of like that was dreadful and draining when it comes to employment being who I was because people see me Oh, fucking, I'm oh, sorry. Big brown, you know, six foot two, rah, rah, rah. You know, you get the stereotype, oh, big strong guy, rah, rah, rah. When I was like, everything not. Yeah, so I'm lucky now in my industry, working in the adult industry, it's it's just normal. That's where I'm lucky now. Yeah. And, and that's a really great thing to, you know, have a chat about. It's sad that, um, that there are a few industries that are like that. We wish that more industries are a bit more, you know, sort of welcoming to different identities and, and genders and things. I just want to circle back a little bit about, um, and I'm so bad, Dere. Uh, Tell us about that. Tell us about the... So, oh man, if people are laughing at how I said it, oh man, it, it's a difficult one for me. And, you know, our languages are sort of similar, but chat to us about that and what's the definition and what's that? Tell us about what what is a rere. So, rere in the Cook Islands and Tahiti is the slang term of someone who's feminine or lives a life as someone feminine. So, in the Cook Islands, we have akovaine. Um, Another slang term is tutu va'ine and the Tahiti is mahu. But rare for Cook Islands and Tahiti is the slang term for someone that's feminine or lives their life as feminine. So you say it's spelled R-A-E, R-A-E, but it's pronounced rare. Yeah. I will get that right. Um, after spending a lot of time with you, I'm going to get that right one day. <laughs> Now, we had a conversation before, I guess, just a quick one on the phone, and you were kind of telling me this really, really great story, and I really wish everyone could hear a little bit about it, but about you, in your last trip, you recently visited Cook Islands um, at the end of last year, um, and it was this thing where you got there and you're like, oh my God, 
the the Dere and the Cook Islands are like they run the world in Cook Islands and um, are these strong and amazing beautiful people um, and it gives it gave you a bit of confidence and things like that like I love that but I want you to yeah to share that story and um, and the effects of that what did that do for you yeah no my last trip was really interesting so all my trips to the Cook Islands I've only worn Paru which is like sarong or lava lava out like a girl like it was a nightclub but this last time I met uh, a beautiful woman very well known in the culture and with all the other adas. Um, her name was Pamu or Marisa and she goes to me so my second day of arrival she goes to me she's like I she goes you should wear a dress and I was like nah because I don't wear dresses like that's not me like I've only just worn patio or like t-shirt and shorts like to like clubs and that so, and this person, Pamu, she rolls with the whole community. Like, she, she, all her friends are that as. No straight girls are all that as. And um, what that is brings to her world is that they uplift her. They inspire her with costumes. Like, Pamu's the person who is taking to the Miss Cook Island pageants to help with what Miss Cook Island would wear. Pamu's the person who does a design, costume designing and everything for, like, big groups that get paid to Hawaii or stuff like that she's got that kind of role and she's inspired by Rara people because Rara people have this imagination which now you can run wild like back you couldn't let it run wild because in Tahiti you could but not really in the islands but yeah the Rara the, the imagination of Rara people in any culture in the world is so amazing so yeah so she got me like she gave me this real confidence boost. Like, like one night, yeah, like, we're like, oh, God. So, one night, oh, one night, um, we're going out, and then, like, the, all the girls there, like, all the daddies dressed up. Like, I don't know about the other places in the Pacific, but they probably do, but all the daddies in the Cook Islands, they dress. They dress up, and, like, this night they're like what dress are you gonna wear I was like I don't know how to wear dresses rah, rah. and Pam was like why you got the face for it you should wear it and I'm like nah nah I don't and then my cousin's like he doesn't he doesn't wear it but this night like I was like I was like on it and then I ended up wearing one and it's just having that like our island our main island Rarotonga is just full of that and it's just normal it's so normal to be that over there it's so I found it Normal to be more more normal to be there in the Cook Islands than Tahiti. Yeah, like I, that's how I felt. Yeah, and to, I don't know. It's just we when we were in Tahiti, there were stairs, there were murmurs, there were things like that. Like I know I'm a tall, I'm, I know I'm tall and like big broad rugby soldier, rah rah rah. But in Rarotonga, you don't get that. You don't get that in Rara. You don't get that in the Cook Islands, huh? Oh, no, more, no, no, just more accepting. We're in Tahiti. When we were in Tahiti, it wasn't like that. Like, we saw, if we were in a car, for example, and what we experienced, it was not normal like the Cook Islands. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know if it's because they're a bigger population and they don't know you, and then maybe they know their own residential areas. But in the Cook Islands, it wasn't. The Cook Islands were a lot better with being who we were than in Tahiti. But that's what I felt, yeah. I, I definitely, I love that, you know, I love to, to share that viewpoint of 
what it's like to sort of walk around in your island and just be fiercely who you are and, and things like that. And yeah, yeah. I mean, and now I guess we, um, one of our things that we're sort of highlighting in the, well, the Pacific X, um, we're marching in the Midsummer March on the 2nd of February. Uh, 2020 um, and we're trying to highlight you know the fight currently around the um, the human rights and the and, and the things that are happening in the Cook Islands regarding um, laws around homosexuality and things like that and um, that's a big big huge, huge issue now we had similar things in Samoa but um, you know that the, the law is there but it's not really enforced you know that sort of thing and um, did you openly see in the Cook Islands, like couples and things like that, like, or did you meet some who were like in relationships and that sort of thing, or um, just in general? Like, is that a normal thing to see as well? Or um, yeah, have a chat to us about that. Uh, to be honest, I think I've seen the normality of girl and girl around. Um, I've got um, I've got two gay cousins who are in a relationship over there, but it's I don't know it's not something that stands out to me or normal to me that I see in the Cook Islands uh, same sex. But besides my family, I, I just feel like the, the girls were just normal. I said no, but the boys like everything happens after dark. That kind of thing, yeah. Um, everybody's everybody's morals drop after dark, like <laughs> like like that. Like, but in the daytime you won't see. But yeah, as the other, yeah, the are the fun ones there. Yeah. Well, you know, if the Cook Islands ever needs like people to work for their tourism agency to like promote people to come go visit the Cook Islands and just see that you know I think sometimes here in Australia um, even just you know between the two gender identities and, and whatever gender identity in Australia it's a different sort of story right like um, we've had and I won't name any names but we've had some people who've come from Samoa who in Samoa are very accepting but then coming here and then that's also a big um, adjustment to be like oh wow we're not as you know or we get the extra stairs and there's not much education yeah, around it um like and what we're worried about is like how could we make people understand you know and this there's a reason why one of our sort of the well, podcast is is a good thing just just explain that you know no this is the reality for so many um and we also had a chat with one of our other friends i won't mention her name um but um it it, it does filter down for when it becomes an issue of getting jobs and you know getting you know um and when you don't have a job you feel like you're not contributing to the family and then it, it, it creates all these anxieties and different things like that um have you found because i know you've got a big community of, of there, there that you're friends and things like that like what are some things that you'd like to see change or improve within within our community here in Australia? It's it's hard to come for Rarotonga and try and get the minds of such a big broader community or oh, big broader country, which I feel like it's a lot more I don't know, so Australia comes to me as this place that's really big and accepting, but not aware of six foot two that ass that are from like the Pacific. Yet they are not used to that. Where we come from, our countries, like the Cook Islands or the Pacific Islands, it's the norms. So 
I guess we would have to like you know be with groups like Vicar, you know Pacific Black and stuff like that to be a community out there to try and say say who we are because as you know us that we just live and talk with our people that are already like us this is a normal chat that comes up which is like standing out you know the extra stairs and all of that where in the islands you don't get that but how do you like Australia's, Australia's so big ball minded like I could be happy here but just not like how accepting it is in the Cook Islands I don't know it's a tricky it's a tricky question it's a tricky way to feel knowing that Australia's so accepting of everything like a lot of things and then you go back to like a Christian island which are still accepting but still have this you know puppet on the string thing effect over us yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. Um, the other, I mean, just listening to you to have a chat about that, um, I wanted to sort of uh, uh, pick your brain or just ask you how you kind of felt with, um, um, what do you call it, the current group that you have and the friends that you have, which is a great thing. You always need that family, that your chosen family, people that sort of pop in and you collect them and just like, no, come, I see that you're a little bit different and you're going through the struggle and or, or you're struggling with something, let's help you out and, and build that little community. Um, tell us about that. Do you know, are there a lot of little communities of pockets? I mean, I'm out here in Melbourne or what are some things that you do to sort of, you know, chill and debrief and things like that? Because... The, the the positive thing out of this is that at least the no not at least but having that it's just people to vent to and talk to and, and, and debrief you know and we all need that for our mental health and things like because you get it you know like you get to have a chat to someone um, tell us some some of those conversations what are some things that pop down and you're like oh my god I can't believe like you know things like that have happened or um, just share with us so that other people can say oh wait hold on these are some things that are happening so personally as a Cook Islander in Melbourne um, we don't have any pockets or groups we usually just like meet up at parties or you know island gatherings and we see each other there but we don't have an actual meeting place where we do we usually just vent with each other and that's just within your homes you know just hanging out those are our venting our good times us being us but we don't as a Cook Island community, we don't have that one thing. I'm not sure. Like, the Cook Islands are very um, blasé, blasé with anything that's not to do with church. Very, yeah, Cook Islands are very blasé about everything else. So, that's how I personally feel. Yeah, but we don't have pockets of groups. We have... We hardly see any... You hardly see any unless you got your real close ones. You don't, like, that's a straight, honest truth. Yeah, that's, how, that's all I can think with that. Beautiful. And my leading question, which I think was a question I was trying to ask, but I didn't come out right, so sorry. But my, my, I had this question around, how have you felt the biologging or the white LGBTI community, you know, the general LGBTI community, have you ever had an urge to be like, oh, let's go join along some of the things that they're doing? Or do you feel that they're welcoming? Do you feel that they've got spaces open for you? Or or um, just as, you know, as your little group, what are some reasons why you might not want to go to places like that? Or do you, but you're just unaware of things that are happening 
um, because we've had a few people that are like, oh, I like to go to that space, but I don't see other people around like me. And then I'm like, oh, I, then I don't enter or I don't go to an event or I don't join this program, um, which in a way is good because we want to see more spaces that have people of color always because it just, you feel more comfortable. Um, what have you, what has your experience been around the, 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 the LGBTI scene here in Melbourne? Like, and yeah, have a chat to us about that. Um, I've never felt any discrimination within the LGBT community, but after going to the meeting on Saturday in Brunswick, um, issues arise that I've never even thought of. Being in a Pacific Island pride kind of community where the upper hand were all these organisers that didn't know anything about of my background. So that picked my brain there. That like got me stumped. Like, naturally, Polynesians are, are entertainers. So these kinds of events or gatherings, we shine, but we are not there. But we shine. So going to this meeting was interesting because um, you think about, you know, all the things you have to do just to go into these kind of things. And if you are like a Polynesian, I'll talk for myself, if you're like a Polynesian person watching just a pride match, a normal pride match, things are boring because I know what my culture's like. And if I saw my culture in there, my culture will rip up. So as a bystander, those kind of things are, the LGBT kind of things are boring. Like, because like, even when I talk to like, um, my Caucasian friends and stuff, and they tell me about drag shows and stuff like that. And I go, you can't, it's hard to impress me. And they're like, why? And I go, because the Polynesian drag kids, they can entertain. I go, I've been to so many shows here in Melbourne, I've been bored. Like, I'm bored because naturally we are entertainers. If you, like, I always tell my Caucasian friends, if you ever see the chance, get the chance to see Polynesian drag queens or queens, queens, I'll say queens, doing their thing and entertaining, they will rip up, they, they will double the beat, triple that, triple their normal beat. You know, do things that, you know, someone over here wouldn't even think. Like, yeah, like, that's so, that's me in the sense of where I fit, where I fit in this big LGBTQA plus um, society is that if I don't see mine, I'm not gonna, are either gonna be there or I'm gonna be louder or I'm gonna be quiet. It depends. Yeah, it sort of depends. But yeah, as a bystander, um, I get bored watching the normal kind because I know my culture can do handstands and amazing things where there's um, there's no holdbacks, there's no barriers. That's what I come from. We come from. Polynesians have no barriers when it comes to entertaining. Yeah. Well, well, um, I, I, I'm like sitting here like silently like clapping, clapping, clapping but uh, the reason I brought it up was we had a chat earlier um, and at, the, at your place of work you've got the so the Midsummer is the sort of our Pride Festival here in Melbourne so the Midsummer Festival in Melbourne, Victoria um, and they've got this normal like booklet that comes out like you know all the programs and everything and we had a little chat and you're like oh yeah Midsummer like festival yeah I see that book but I've never picked it up and had a read of it <laughs> Oh, yeah, like, I've, no, I've read it. I've like, I've been excited. I've read it. I've been excited because you know it is my community, so I'm excited. And then all the things inside it, it's awesome. Like it's cool. But um, having having you come in, 
come come in and like it's given us like it's given me a different whole idea on what can be you know what can be helped like like I always know in anything in this world the Polynesia is always missing like like especially when it comes to like to entertainment and like what is it our community isn't we are naturally good at being celebrated people like being um, LGBT being Polynesian those two boom like yeah it's like it's like double it's double for us yeah well I've got a lot of friends who are not like that but on my background Polynesian boom LGBT boom it's like it's double it's a double it's everything that's needed and these kind of things and that's why when I have a hit it depends on whoever tells me about something that's going on. I always tell them it's hard to impress me. I'm Cook Island, I'm Asian. I go, your little everything that you guys say is cool is boring to me because I'm Cook Island Asian. And what we do, yeah, that's why I'm, um, yeah, that's why I get like that. That's my response. Like that. I love. It. Um, could you? Um, just while we um, while on the topic, could you say some of the things that people can maybe go YouTube and and and, and watch, um, or some things that you uh, that you? Because everyone's probably thinking, oh my god, what does that look like? I want to see what this what 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 is Maurice talking about? All this amazing thing, right? So how could we direct them to go look for some certain things um, to maybe to check out? So what I always tell my hookups from all different nationalities. Is um, I always show them like when we're hanging out, like where and who the Cook Islands. Are. A lot of people don't know Cook Islands. A lot of people know Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, yeah, but no one knows Cook Islands. And I always tell them because the Cook Islands and Tahitians are the fastest dancers in the world. And they're like, show me, show me. So you can go onto YouTube. You can write in um, Cook Island Dancer of the Year. That could bring you. It'll bring you up the best dancers. If you scroll through, it'll show you some of the best dancers of the Cook Islands. You can type in Heiva Itahiti. Um, it's um, their cultural big dance comp and fest that they have. And they also have a lot of solo solo dancers like us in Tahiti, which is the best of their villages and groups. So Heiva Itahiti is something you can YouTube. Or you can YouTube your Dancer of the Year Cook Islands, which you which will show you what we're talking about and usually links onto other things that are dancing. Yeah. So tell us, I mean, I know we've, we've gone, you know, really into deep about, you know, who we are here and the space that we're here in Australia. Um, I want to sort of switch it up a little bit and just get to a more sort of lighter space. But um, tell us about some of the Verere who've been inspirational to you and the ones that you look up to like speak you know we always try to give um shine light on our elders and people like that because you know they they are the ones that teach us and and have led the way for us and we always 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 pay respect to all of them as, as much as we can and so um, one of the questions that i ask everyone is tell us some of the ones that have been like wow to you and the reason why it sort of sat in you know sits in your heart have a chat about that oh my gosh so Back in the days, my dad, I oh know my, how do we get that? My mum, my mum, my mum and dad's side, they have um, family that worked in television and stuff in the Cook Islands. And there was this one, one video cassette in particular, which was a dance competition, a dance competition, but only for the queens. And this was in 1991. So as a kid, I used to watch it. 
the the audience, the atmosphere was awesome. The dancers, all these older dancers, like back then, they probably in their thirties and forties. This is nine ninety one. Yeah, and like to see them dance, like Kokonas are very hard case and humorous people, and our culture is like sexy and rude. So when you have queens dance to it, it's time ten. It's times ten on their sexy and rude. It's times ten on the girls. And the beat is times 10. And in 991, there was this vericacy of this dancing competition, and it's just for the queens. Oh, man. And those would be the ones that sort of, like, I used to watch and see. It was normalised, but I never watched it around my mum or dad. Because, you know, my dad's guy guy, and, like, you know, I'm carrying his name, and, you know, he doesn't want to see me watching those kind of things. But leading away or being inspired was that one dance competition that we had a video cassette off from 991-992 if we could watch it oh my gosh these these probably queens will probably be in their 60s now yeah and they were god dancers awesome costumes sexy dancers like just just hot legs got hot bodies and just like damn this is 991 so I met one really bit one from two from that video probably a couple of years ago yeah they were cool as but yeah that sort of paved a way of normality seeing we had those competitions like now we have we've had like some competition some copper competitions and I've got a cousin here her name's Ruby she was one of the contestants in the pageant of that Queen's Pantry, but this was just dancing competition. So which which is um you get a slow beat song, a slow beat drum dance, and a fast drum dance. And this was just Queen's 991. Yeah, so that was my paperweight. That is who I look at. Uh, yeah, but for people that I'm like commonly talking with is now that are like elders, no, I don't know, because we're in Australia. Yeah, so yeah. You um there was I think I met one of I've been I chatted to one of your aunties who were over there in the Cook Islands um or part of the Tetiare um, Association and for those who don't know the Tetiare Association is the um, is the Rere Association which sort of look they run programs they for the, for the entire Cook Islands they run different programs they do amazing work and that's the the the, the organisation that's leading this current fight in the Cook Islands and for anyone that wants to know a bit more um, jump onto um to Google and type in Tetiare T E T I A R E the Tetiare um, but yeah no thanks for sharing that the inspirational story about um, these videos um, and things like that um, um, you know I guess we'll sort of um, wrap it up but I, I did find out from some little bird that told me that you are like this um, walking jukebox that you know every single song in the Cook Islands every single thing every single lyric to every single um, old song from you know the inception of music um, tell us about that is, it, is that some joy some some um, passion for you around 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 singing and music. Yeah, I guess like being a minority, like I never did, I didn't, I never really wanted to do the things like all my young cousins wanted to go to the club. I always wanted to stay behind with the old people and jam, like the old jam, like the rude, the naughty. They jammed like you didn't get there with the younger cousins that wanted to go to the club. 
no, I'm that one who stayed behind. So when you jam with these old people, when you go to like a big drinking session, things come out from these older people. You know, things that they're uncomfortable to talk about when they're sober. But if you have like, if you're in that situation of a party with these older people, everything comes out. In the Cook Islands, we've got so many songs which relate to a story. And these are usually hilarious stories or real heartbreaking stories. And it comes out in that setting. Like, it, like normally it just like comes out easily. And this is how I know all these things. Like, I have a love for island music and Asian music. But when you're, with, when you're hanging with wise people, like older, older people in these kind of settings, you pick up these things. You're in a fun environment that it sticks. For me, it sticks when I'm in a fun environment. Things stick. And that's how... It became oh, me always loving it, but being around these people and the way the way people like tell a story when they're like in the like a party session. Oh man, they really you know really act out the story. It is like wow, you want to learn that song, and then they always say this is the song for it, and then you just sit there and you see that happiness. You want that happiness. There's, yeah, so that's how that just all comes out. Like, hilarious stories. Kokan's got so much hilarious songs, which, you know, stick and come from the past. Oh, yeah, those kind of environments. Okay, now everyone's probably thinking, listening, and I'm trying to put myself in the listener's shoes. Could you share with maybe one little story or one favorite story? You're, you're like waving, you're like, no, no, not right now. But um, just tell us a gist of maybe what a story might sort of sound like from the Cook Islands, because we're familiar with, like you said, we've heard stories of Samoans, we've heard stories of different things in Polynesia and stuff like that. But what, what's a Cook Islander story sort of sound like, um, or what, what would it? So what would it? What would the moral and different things be in those stories? So, if um, you're listening to this podcast and you haven't heard Cook Island music before, it's there's a lot of love, lot, lot of love stories, slow love, love slow tempo stories, and then we have a lot of upbeat beats, which is naturally us as upbeat. And in these upbeat beats, and Cook Islanders are trying to tell you a story about someone they met like it's always every little detail to the leaf or where the bush was and like stuff like that and with Cook Island music like they make sudden sounds of like what kind of thing happened in that bush like that's why things are hilarious like there's so many Cook Islanders can compose a song about a polo like they can compose about a, a song about a polo and put an awesome beat in it and then you'll know why that mama made that pillow and it's over there, you know, things like that. And like, these are the things that stick, like these are the things like that are hilarious when it comes to those kind of stories, that kind of just like, like just say if they were trying to describe the, the sound of the person that was making a sound effect, they will put it in the song. And like no other Pacific Island country does that, but the Cook Islands. Oh, that sounds really funny. I mean, we were like, man, I wish I understood the language to get it, you know, like, yeah, yeah, because it's like, it's one of those things, like, um, sometimes even the the, the the type of language that you use in different things, you can only understand it if you get the language, you know, and then you see the humor. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, 
Um, but yeah, so that's really cool. So, okay, I guess we'll sort of. I'm, I'm, I really appreciate your time being with us today. I'm just having a quick chat on our little podcast, and you'll definitely hear more of Maurice as we go along. Um, Maurice is going to be got so much talent, and so much different things. And for anyone wanting to um, 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 to sort of connect with Maurice or different things, um, and you know, get her to come and perform or do something for your group or do whatever, um, we'll have some details um, to sort of post up about Maurice. But before we sort of wrap up I just wanted to leave um, on my, my final question but um, Cook Island people in general tell us what you love about your culture and what you love about Cook Island people and um, what you want the world to know about the Cook Islands I love everything about my culture like I it's so like if you have been if you're still listening to this podcast of me jabbering on um, like I said it's hard to impress me because of what my culture is so I'm proud of everything that we are hopefully you know as the LGBT community we get that past and the bill that's coming you know that we're trying to succeed with that goal but I love everything about Bangkok Island Nation and yeah um, if there was like a tourism office here cool. I'll be, like, I'll be that person that will just brag and brag and brag about the Cook Islands. Like, I, I, like I'm that kind of person. I just can't stop bragging about the Cook Islands. So, yeah, no, but that's how I feel. 